0: Hi everybody, my name is Mike Manning,
1: and I'm Trinity French,
0: and we are your business coaches at Wired to Change
1: with the number two.
0: We are here to help you get your business to the level you want it to be, so you can enjoy the life of a small business owner. Ah, and what a
1: we, wonderful life it is, for, Mike Manning. It
0: is because I spent grandparent, I've spent pop time with my grandson Oliver the last couple of days. So I be, I win everybody's week. So I don't even call, <laughs> don't even write to me. It doesn't matter. You my lovely partner, and Scott chose poorly.
1: (laughs) Well, we chose to do some manual labor to get our house ready to put it on the market because we're selling our house and buying a new one, which is, it's actually kind of, I feel proud that as a real estate agent, it's taken me eight years to buy a new house because every time I help someone else build or buy a house, I get that itch that I'm going to wanna do it. And I've held off and held off and held off, but now we we bit the bullet and we're doing it.
0: But if you put the time frame, you and Scott did this in context for me, please, so I can laugh even more.
1: <laughs> About the rocks? Yes. So we got our rocks off yesterday.
0: There you go. And, Stop um, right there. <laughs> Just let that breathe.
1: <laughs> A giant dump truck came and dumped two tons of river rock in our driveway and we just were looking at it like, gosh, damn it, this is a lot of lot of rock. Mm-hmm. So we had gotten the little black paper that you put down underneath the spot so the weeds don't grow. So we had to de-weed, lay down the stuff, and this is all underneath the deck, which is about three feet high. Mm-hmm. So That's all the it pictures. was- kind of sucky, that we fought over who had to go underneath the deck. Scott lost. Mm -hmm. He got to go under there and pull the weeds, and we were poking for snakes. Um, A frog scared the shit out of (laughs) him; It was so funny. But then that frog came back. But, yeah, from 3.30 until 7 p.m., we were doing nothing but shoveling and scooping and raking all that rock, and it was a great workout.
0: Now, for those of us that aren't meteorologists, let's think the hottest time of the day.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. We're not that smart. But you we got drink it done. A, we drink a lot of water. Oh
0: God, <laughs> yes. And some and probably, we got it
1: done. But
0: Yeah, but you got it done. So yes. and I know that made you two feel better.
1: It so. made me feel very All good. Right. Something I've been had on my list of projects to do around the house for a very long time. We knocked it out. And voila, which next thing I get to knock out is my taxes, which leads Mm. us into our next fun guest. Welcome back, Chris Cherico. We are excited to have you.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Absolutely. So for those of you who were not with us last week, Chris is with Guardian Tax Solutions. You can find him at www.guardiantaxsolutions.com. Where else can people find you?
2: On LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Um, Yep. a little bit on Instagram. Some on Facebook.
1: Excellent.
0: More on Facebook and Instagram once Amy gets a plan, right? Absolutely,
2: yeah. And
1: if you're behind on your taxes, if you have tax questions, if you're sitting here going, huh, I'm a business owner and I'm supposed to pay taxes, you probably should hit up Chris.
2: Absolutely. Look forward to their call. (laughs) Could you have done
0: Guardian of the no guardian try, of the
1: galaxy of the <laughs>
0: talic <talent> taxil yeah, i <laughs> starting to think like, you know what? That could be fun. Again, let Trinity give her about an hour. On yeah. that. Yeah. Check we'll have a name change. Yeah. We, will. Yeah, we will. We will. Yeah. So we know you more as the IRS guy when we see you at networking events, but there's way more stuff that you do. You, there's so much stuff behind the scenes to get to that IRS phone call or moment that you're, and you mentioned on the previous episode, you're basically looking into their life to figure out what you can make easier for them.
2: Absolutely, yeah, through the tax preparation for sure. On the resolution side, you know, most people don't know exactly what their problem is right mm-hmm. off the bat and that's handled with, I call my tax diagnostic process. So to me, that means, Chris, I don't know the last time I filed or I owe $50,000, what are my options? That, that conversation leads to me calling the IRS Asking when's the last time that Mike filed and can we do a compliance check? That leads to the revenue office, excuse me, the representative then sharing the last time Mike filed was this date. There's a requirement to file these days. Um, If there's balances, those are reported on what's called account transcripts. All of that is shared with me through the secure repository. And then I share it all with the client and we explain what their balances are, what the unfiled years are. I request their wage and income, and that shows everything that Trinity earned from her real estate endeavors to any other sources of income, any student loan interest she pays, any mortgage interest that she pays, any cancellation of debt. So all of those sources are shared with me in order to help build the framework of a tax return.
0: Do you have the same person at the IRS you call every time?
2: No, it's always a different person, um, but I kind of keep some notes as to who's more or less helpful. Um,
1: Dang, that would be awesome if you could be like, Debbie, my chick
2: at the IRS. (laughs) Yeah. Did you like the cake I sent you (laughs) last one? (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. Can you
0: ask for, well, going on that point, can you ask to speak to Debbie?
2: Um, No, they don't. I mean, they have their ID number and such, but they're all pretty helpful. You can just tell who's happy to be at work that day and who's not, and that will dictate which cases I divulge with that representative.
1: Well, I'm sure they have to deal with a lot of people that are being assholes because they're oh, yeah. behind in their taxes or they don't want to pay their taxes or they don't have someone like you representing them, and that probably gets them a little Yeah, and
2: actually I call what's called the um, practitioner line, so I do speak with a different representative okay. than a normal person, but I'm sure those people are mm-hmm. – I mean, I'm on forums that people are furious because – their power of attorney form got rejected because it wasn't dated properly or it didn't have the person's initial in there. So they all have what they're upset about, but soft skills really trumps all of those other problems. If I can be nice to the representative, you tend to get Mm. a lot more um, accomplished.
1: You mentioned soft skills on our last episode, and that is one of the areas that I think is probably the the area where there can be the most improvement in businesses because people like to train on skills, Mm -hmm. but they're not necessarily training on soft skills. Are there any courses or books or anything that, how, how did you get so good at that?
0: You're from New York. Yes. How'd you get good at that?
2: (laughs) (laughs) How do you do it? Um, I would say it was personal training for 20 years. At that point I interacted with all different walks of life a lot of those individuals were self-employed. So you learn from them the positives and negatives of those, uh, their industries, but you also learned about their lives. You Mm -hmm. learned how their relationships were with their spouses, with their kids, Mm -hmm. and then you learn what's with ticks when it comes to that. I mean, when you're a personal trainer that has 50 plus clients and you're doing it six days a week, you have to be doing something right in order to be able to keep them coming back, even through a recession where, I'm a luxury item. And it really Mm -hmm. didn't have a tremendous impact on my business. You just learn how to be nice. And I think nice is something that has gone away in a lot of industries Um, and accountability. You know, it's, I hold whoever provides a service for me to a much higher level, just because if I get a phone call today at two, it's going to be responded by if not in minutes, an hour. Whereas, you know, I, I think it's unacceptable for those delay times and certain things to be that much longer.
0: What I have struggled with in the past working with people, and I've run a couple of facilities that were customer services needed because there were stuff going on there. People don't acknowledge. If Trinity's a, a you're, you run the restaurant and she and Scott, and this happened, she told this story. Uh, they, I won't tell the restaurant. They walk in, and the dude at the front desk never acknowledged them. Yeah. If you just acknowledge-
1: Joker was on the phone. Right.
0: Or if a customer's upset, they may not be right, but I contend in the moment, their issue is correct. Mm -hmm. Now, you may be able to solve it, but their issue at that moment is correct and right. But just acknowledge that they're mad. Yeah. So, you know, your IRS person says, you know what, sorry, this this, is, hey, you know what, I know what you're going- just acknowledge that they're off to a rough start this morning. Or, you want or they to, just spill their water on the desk, yeah. something.
2: Or you want to throw a client off completely, say you're sorry. Yeah. And they, they totally don't know how to <laughs> handle that. You know, you, you, if I made a mistake and I say, Mike, I'm sorry, mm. uh, I'll have it to you tomorrow. Mm. At that point, they're expecting pushback from you because maybe that wasn't exactly the mm. case. Or when I'm on the phone on hold waiting for the power of attorney to get forwarded to the representative, how's your day going? Mm-hmm. And you hear, oh, it's good, it's bad. It's yeah. often they'll put, they think they put you on hold, and I'll either hear some of them singing or some of them griping or talking with their colleagues, and then you know how to respond to them, you know. Yeah. And it's that's they don't get that. So um, yep. that's to me, Trinity, the soft skills is just being treating someone how you want to be treated, especially when you're talking to someone that's kind of in an abused position all the time. Like you mentioned, they're probably getting yelled at because right. someone is emotionally charged about their situation
0: or just ask them how the weather is where they are yeah. today if you don't know where they are just ask. i've called up 800 numbers before like so what part of the country are you in and they'll say kansas city and I'm like ah so what's it like there today yeah oh well and it, you're right it just changes the the arc of that conversation sure, very yeah.
2: much so uh,
0: an enrolled agent means what
2: i'm licensed through the department of treasury to represent clients in all 50 states good to know yeah. So okay. similar to a CPA designation, except it's across the board. Um, the enrolled agent specialty is a little more in taxation. Um, I think a misconception is a lot of CPAs don't do tax prep. You know, they do mm-hmm. evaluations and other higher end level stuff for a business. It's not the year end prep that they focus on. Yeah.
1: I did not know that. I am learning so much. I knew you'd like Chris. (laughs) I knew you would
2: like Chris because your mind is
0: like, well, that process doesn't seem. Well, yeah, I know you'd like this. Uh, The PPP loans. We are this. This show will come out on what's today? The third.
1: Today is the third. All right,
0: this will come out on September tenth. The. The one thing small business owners want to know is: Are the goalposts going to move again? Because if they're not, we can plan. Your commission will always be this, Trinity, for the next two calendar years. Sweet, I can plan this. Well, we have a vote coming up in you know November one, and or you know March one. Okay, so do I hire somebody? Will I have to pay their insurance? Do I? Yeah. Um, so the PPP thing is. It's a nightmare. And don't want to bang on everybody in the government, but it's so big. It's just so big.
2: Yeah, no, I think there's so many moving parts. Um, Initially, I considered throwing my hat in the ring in order to help with it. And then the problem I saw was information that was correct on Wednesday was wrong on Thursday. It wasn't that it changed. It was just wrong. And that it was just too many touches to try to help a stressed client in a situation that What was literally correct now is going to be wrong tomorrow or potentially could be wrong. So I see it as future problems and problems, meaning simple as simple as someone that pays, let's say $1,000 for a round number rent. And let's say they got a PPP loan and they ended up using four months of it for rent in order to stay so that it can be forgiven. Well, then they're doing their tax prep, not next week. It could be a year later are you gonna remember that $4,000 was used for rent and that part, even though it's forgiven, is not tax deductible? So then make it some, say rent's $10,000. Now it's $40,000 that you're deducting that you're not entitled to, that you should be paying tax on. So it's just gonna lead to a lot of confusion. Again, the communication needs to be there with your tax professional. If that is the case, because they may not know, you may have a new tax professional. At that point, what was forgiven or if you're self preparing, so I see it as future problems because of it's a it's a moving target.
0: It was a good idea on face value because I believe we and we've talked to a number of small business owners. It got them through at least this. And again, this will be out on September 10th. We've heard there's rumors there's another round coming. Don't know, don't know how long COVID is going to continue to go. But it's helped a good number of businesses get to this point. So the intent was correct.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's helped a tremendous amount. The ones that have used it correctly, hopefully, it's forgiven and it helps them stay in business. And for those that didn't use it correctly, I'm sure there may be repercussions from it. But there, regardless, will be confusion from it.
0: I think there's a reason why the auto industry saw a spike. I really, I really do. Yeah, people or business owners like, oh man, I got 40 G's now. I can go out and buy that.
2: now, dude. Yeah, I know numerous that <laughs> spent it incorrectly based on the guidelines. Some at least use it to catch up on bills. Mm -hmm. So that's a more positive way than going out and buying a luxury vehicle or some watches, which we've heard about on the news. Yes, we have. Um, So yeah, that human nature behind it is going to just lead to people making poor decisions when there's an influx of money that they may not be entitled to.
0: So for people who listen to this in the next couple weeks, What should, if they got a PPP loan and they still don't have the answers they think they need or don't know the answers they, you know, don't even know the answers they're going to need, what's a couple things they can do to make sure, okay, I think I'm good here?
2: I would make sure they definitely have communication with the bank uh, in regards to the forgiveness aspect that they got the loan from. Um, so that it is forgiven if it's entitled to be forgiven. And second, that their tax professional is aware of how much money they got and how it was spent, whether it was through payroll or some of the other expenses. At least that way, they're not going to overlook expenses they're not entitled to deduct, um, and it's all properly accounted for because IRS, what I say they're most consistent with is their inconsistency. So (laughs) just because you... Uh, made a mistake in 2020 doesn't mean you're going to get a notice three weeks later. It could be three years later mm-hmm. that you get a notice. Now try to remember what it was spent on. Oh, God. During that wonderful time right. in 2020. Staying alive, is that a fair answer? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
1: I mean, I heard of people opening separate accounts and putting the PPP money in there so they had a paper record of everything that they spent it on. But then that's hard to do if your payroll is coming out of a different account and I just, it seems like it's going to be very messy to sort through everything.
2: Yeah, and human nature is I have a bill I have to pay. If you have money in an account that you haven't spent because you don't have the staff anymore, but you have to pay your mortgage on your Mm -hmm. home, are you not going to pay your mortgage in default because you're disciplined enough not to use the money sitting in an account? That's not the typical solopreneur.
0: You could defend that to a point. Not the car, but I'm just trying to keep my doors open.
2: Oh yeah. Well yeah, yeah whether it was the
1: Yeah, but if they're paying their personal mortgage from the business money, I don't on. think yeah, yeah. I don't think anything's gonna be able to defend that.
0: No, I was thinking on the commercial side. Yeah. Okay. Right. Thanks for keeping them in
2: line, Trinity.
1: It's okay. I'm just over here keeping track of this conversation for everyone.
2: Glad everybody's listening. Chris and I are
1: like on the same wavelength.
2: (laughs) Draco, you could cut my mic. I don't
0: think I need it anymore.
1: Back to the personal side, because mm-hmm. um, I was looking down at my notes, and I saw that you were an all-natural bodybuilder. Yes. What the hell does that mean? Naked.
2: Uh. He posed naked in competitions. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. There, no, there wasn't that either. So, no, that meant um, most of the competitions I competed in were drug tested. So oh. some of the, some of the those shows. Those never like, made the papers, <laughs> <it>? <laughs> Some of those are not. They just don't frown upon using illegal substances like Mm -hmm. steroids yeah, and the ones that I participated in the majority of the shows were drug tested. So the ones that weren't drug tested, it was just a convenient show for me to uh, participate in or one got me into muscle and fitness magazine by doing that show. Um, But the drug-tested ones were just to kind of level the playing field a little bit more.
1: Very Um, cool.
2: Yeah, so it was a polygraph test and a urine test if you placed in the top five. So the polygraph test was it was quite fun because you throw that stuff on you and you automatically think you've done something wrong just from that alone. Right, just because
1: you have those little (laughs) sensors on your body.
2: (laughs) You would love doing that to people. You so so would. (laughs) I'll test you, Trinity. So pretend you have the stuff on. And then one of the questions was... So, Trinity, um, we'll go with two or three. What, My what?
1: palms are already sweating. <laughs> yes. Like, I'm already sweating.
2: <laughs> is today Thursday? Yes. Um, Is your favorite color green?
1: Uh, sometimes.
2: Well, it's got to be oh, yes or no. It has yeah. to be yes
1: or no. No.
2: Have you ever done anything that you could have gone to jail for? Yes. Oh, see, then that's good because you answered quickly with that. My initial thought was no, and then I thought, as my boss is going through the other questions, I'm thinking, uh, well, I have done double the speed limit before. Like, so then your brain yeah. starts to wander. So you kind of got to pick a question and go with it. So then the next year, the one of the questions was, and it's not fair to you at this point because you're married, but have you ever done deceived anyone that was close to you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, but at the time I was... 18 20 right so that was a yes quickly but the the jail one was a
1: was a no I don't know. Yeah. no i hadn't
2: done and then it was like your brain starts to wander a little bit <laughs> right but no it was a great time in my life it was a lot of fun you met a lot of great people and you'd be surprised how nice that group is you think all the muscle heads are these mean arrogant self-centered but backstage it couldn't be nicer because it was more of that You're in the shape you're in, Mm -hmm. you are, and it's going to be whoever the judge decides is the best. Mm -hmm. At that point, there's no more. It's just down to somebody's opinion. Right.
0: And you're still in good shape. Is it hard to stay that way?
2: Um, Well, definitely is the dedication. COVID was very tough on me from that standpoint because the gym I go to um, was closed. So I was limited to holding two or three dumbbells in each hand because I didn't have the proper amount for me and lifting like a cinder block in the garage so oh rocky um, style rocky yeah. four right Absolutely. there I like yeah. that so yeah but without rocky supplements so um but no
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't burst my bubble sorry
2: um <laughs> but yeah no so that was a great time in my life and a lot of fun that's awesome yeah
1: we, we always wind up somehow talking about fitness on this show well drago gets us started so <laughs> that's his fault well i just think it's really important that people are balanced
0: yeah one of the things One of the things that stuck out at me when we were talking um, about the different—again, we know you—we laugh. Oh, the IRS guy is here, and three people go, "We need to talk," (laughs) and seven others are (laughs) go, "I should call (laughs) him." The different things you do leading to that point to hopefully never have to do a phone call, stuff like that—is dementia family tax prep. Sure, and I've seen that on your LinkedIn header before, but I've never understood it, and I thought why was that ever there but now we talk and you explain to me that I'm going to let you explain why cuz it was it was wonderful
2: sure so my perspective on that started that goes back to the client that had the $60,000 problem that got reduced to $600 98% of the tax removed in a 2 hour call what it was simply was the taxpayer wasn't filing his taxes so the department of revenue thought let's file a return for him, thought he lived in the state of North Carolina, did the return, it generated that tax liability. So all it was, was they weren't properly filing the return. So my process entails calling the IRS to say, what did Trinity make in 2019? They provide the, what's called the wage and income documents. So that's everything reported on Trinity in order to properly prepare a return. So what most tax professionals don't do is do that extra step to make sure nothing's missing. So the dementia-friendly process comes into play where the tax professional may be receiving some of the documents that the taxpayer should be reporting, but not all of them. So my process is going to make sure nothing's overlooked. Um, Whereas if the tax professional is only receiving what he's given, other accounts may be starting to get tapped into. Um, I've seen it in a sad case where, the caregiver was starting to access funds that she shouldn't have been accessing. Mm. And that then the family had no idea this was being tapped into. I was able to identify it by the transcripts and say, Hey, why is this account being used? Um, Furthermore, just making sure nothing's overlooked at that age. Nobody's working at a coffee shop part-time. It's going to be real sources of income by social security your Edward Jones statement, your mortgage statement, your pension, um, but making sure that's all properly accounted for and that the return's actually being signed and sent in.
0: You like puzzles, and you probably watch those Who Done It movies and shows. Sure, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, me, my partner Trinity. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it makes sense, though. You have to do that because you're given. It's like the kitchen. There's 15
2: items that do not connect. Mm-hmm. Here, Chris, yeah. help me. <laughs> yeah, it's putting the puzzle together backwards. You're spot on with that, Mike. Yeah, 100%. And that's what I enjoy is the the challenge of doing it in order to make sure it's the underdog is treated fairly. But that's a lot of
0: times thing. you don't have the picture of what it's supposed to look like, the puzzle, right?
2: Oh, absolutely not. No, you're creating the framework in order to kind of go from there. Like recently, a, a new client, it's a um, – The father is taking care of his daughter who was paralyzed, but has a requirement to file for the few years before her awful accident. So I'm able to pull the wage and income documents to create the framework of the return. He's still finding the W-2 statements in order to get the state withholdings because the IRS doesn't keep track of what was withheld by the state in order for us to dispute a tax bill of $6,000 that the state wants. When in actuality, she'll probably get about two hundred dollars back as a refund because they don't know those sources of income were withheld. Um, so it's it's fighting for the underdog mm-hmm. is very much my platform, which is why the dementia mm-hmm. part—it's removing the burden for the adult child that now has mm-hmm. to do the, their parents' taxes or even more invasive, their in-laws' taxes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Do you remember your first client?
2: Um. Yeah, very much so.
0: Were you? Did you have that? G I hope this turns out right, or I'm totally confident, or where were you on the spectrum there? Um,
2: I was scared. I was scared to do the call to the IRS. Um, <laughs> I, I was, bet. I didn't know how the representative was going to look at if they could tell this was my first call with my credentials. Um, I got somebody, it was a male on the phone. He was very friendly. Um, it was a real positive outcome, and he actually held my hand a little bit through the process. Mm. So, you know, I know we've been leaning on soft skills a lot, but if I say to them, they're not going to come, just straight up say, you didn't ask this, or you didn't ask that. But if you say, hey, Mike, is there anything I'm not asking that I should? That's how I presented it. And he said, yeah, there's withholdings in 2018 and 2019. Let's say it was those years that you didn't ask about, and I'll send you the transcripts. So in those that situation, I would have overlooked sources of income and tax that was withheld because the person made an estimated payment. That's not going to show up anywhere on the wage and income. It's only going to show up on an account transcript. So- Um, Yeah, so I've clearly remember that.
0: There are certain jobs that are easily stereotyped. I mean, how many lawyer jokes do we know, (laughs) right? The IRS agent is they're just sitting behind these evil people on the phone waiting like, Oh, here's the phone rings. Here's the next person I'm going to screw. Not like that. Do they want to to solve the problem?
2: They want to be treated with respect. Okay. And if you treat them with respect, I can call a few revenue officers I deal with and ask them questions, and they will call me back and give me an answer. Same with the state. And so you can make the state employee joke, and I think very much if you treat them as if they're a valued part of your day in life, they'll go the extra mile for you. Um, So it's all about respect. And I think the minute that you treat them in a way that's not – They're going to drop the hammer as hard as they can.
0: This is why I love our podcast because I thought we're going to come on here. We're going to get some good nuggets, which we have. And we ended up talking soft skills with the IRS. (laughs) Didn't see this one coming.
1: But it's a really important topic.
0: But it makes perfect sense because if you're a horse's ass to them, if somebody's a horse's ass to us, what's the first thing we're going to do? You're not getting squat. Yeah. You can say whatever you want, dude. Your day just ended, right?
2: Sure. And, you know, quite honestly, the resolving problem part, it's different than the CPA position that most people envision because you call your CPA and they say, hey, Mike, you owe $10,000. And you're like, oh, God, I hate talking to him. But I say to you, I saved you $10,000. So it's a different perspective on the puzzle doing it a different way.
0: Can you save most people money?
2: Yeah, um, a lot of times. um, Well, it all depends on money and time. So the two things, I can get a much better outcome than they can if it's a – representation standpoint. And I'll give them a transparent, you know, this is the reality or your situation. You know, a, a client two days ago, Colorado makes 300 grand files separately. The national standard for his city or um, his county is around $45,000. He makes 300,000. He has the ability to pay the 4,000 a month the IRS wants out of him to pay his tax liability. He doesn't feel he has the ability to pay that because he technically lives with someone and has four kids, but you can't file separately and still get the benefit of what your real expenses are. He's filing separately because of his behavior um, with his taxes. So he's going to be treated like he has the ability to pay of a single person that makes $300,000 a year. So yeah, I can help. I can help in a lot of ways because I know what are valid expenses that you're entitled to. And, I know how the IRS is going to look at your case, and you're not going to open up a, a larger can of worms by talking to them directly.
0: Does it help the client that you're you're t- they're talking to the IRS with an an agent?
2: Yeah, because I've passed the same exams the IRS has, so it's a different level of respect with each other. Um, and I'm I'm doing my due diligence. I'm mm-hmm. not going to represent someone that's lying and is just trying to have a a fraudulent front to their case. At that point, it's not doing anyone any good. I've had it where a client has withheld sources of income from me, and then it's only led to a a larger payment plan when the rep says, well, what about the wife's Social Security? And at that point, I'm like, well, the client didn't share that. So that's, and then it just makes it like, you got to treat me kind of like I'm your priest, but I'm on your side at that point.
0: (laughs) I don't think it was this podcast. I think it was another podcast. I think it's my I podcast. So I was talking with a, uh, I think it was a banker or something like that and was representing, he was a second marriage and the husband had a kid out of wedlock. The wife didn't know. Well, he's paying alimony. Banker knew that. Guy knew that. Wife didn't know that. So they're sitting at a meeting one day going through everything, doing all that. She goes, so now about your alimony payments. Mm-hmm. And the wife just like.
1: <laughs> wah, womp." wah. wah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, but you must get people in tears on both ends. Oh, oh yeah. my God, I owe 90000 and in Oh, my God, you just saved us 40000 Tears on both and ends, it's, right? And
2: it can be shocking to me what makes somebody... Stressed. I have somebody that can be stressed over owing two grand, and someone that owes a half a million and acts like it's not a big deal. They'll get it when they get it. So it's it's amazing (laughs) to me what you know. Everyone's got a number that if I said, "Hey Trinity, walk home," what how much is it going to cost for you to walk home? You'll come up with a number that is worth your while to do it. Right. And then there's other people that are just like whatever, you know. And it's just I'll I'll sleep like a baby. You can't pay me enough to do it. So it's I see both ends of what stresses someone out. Compared to, I don't care, you know, or they didn't help me make the money. I'm not paying them. No, like that's, yeah. that's not how it works. <laughs> so
1: I know I'm, I'm super compliant when it comes to all that stuff. So I'm on the the spectrum of wanting to make sure everything's paid, everything's in order and no one's coming after me.
0: But going back to the previous episode, you two were talking about the buckets, mm-hmm. set your tax money aside. Yeah. Man, that's that the-, the
1: first thing that I take out when I get paid is my tax money.
2: That's yeah. extremely disciplined. That's not yeah. that's not common for someone to have that level of discipline because like for the small business owner, that's not sending in the FICA. That's the number one problem I'll see for somebody that has employees is not sending in FICA. So that's their employee's portion of the payroll tax because mm-hmm. um, they have to buy supplies. They have to pay rent. They have to do this, that, or, other, or the other. And that's what they end up getting – personally held liable for is that portion of a business expense. That's 80% of small business owners run into that problem all day long. Interesting. Yeah.
0: When should people call you?
2: Um, they should call me when they're unhappy with their tax professional. Um, they should call me when they're uh, th- if self-preparing has exceeded their comfort or they've received a notice from the IRS or any state entity. I'm licensed in all states. So if you lived in New York and that you got a notice, but now you live in North Carolina, it doesn't matter. I can help you with New York. I can help you with Illinois. It's across the board when it comes to that. Um, And there's really no level that's too low because I charge $300 to call the IRS and tell you what needs to be done. So At that point, the scope of work is all flat rates. And I'll I'll share with you how to do it. I mean, you'll have the transcripts to do it on your own. It's just a matter of if that's a good use of your time or not.
0: Is that where you start the phone call to the IRS? Yeah,
2: because I really have to get their side of the story. Because your side may be I owe 50 grand, but the tax returns may never have gotten sent in. Maybe your tax professional never submitted them. I've Mm -hmm. seen that happen. That
1: happened with one of my sellers, They, there was a tax lien out for them saying that they owed all this money, but it's because their tax preparer for like multiple years had never sent in their tax, their, um,
2: their tax returns. Yeah. Wow. And I'll see it too. I've had it where a client wants me to prepare the returns, not submit it so that they try to use it to refinance a home and they have it, but they've gotten wise to that. So they're going to want to. The mortgage company compliance wants a third party.
1: Yeah, they'll ask them to get it directly back from the IRS. Yeah.
2: So they need a transcript. They don't need that paper thing in front of them. That may help for a loan, for a business loan, but not getting a mortgage. Mm -hmm.
1: For
0: somebody, say within the next six months, I know we've got some listeners who are thinking about starting their own business and have never run one. What advice does Chris give them?
2: Uh, I say join a mastermind group. I think that's great. You got to have somebody to bounce back and forth with that's been there, that knows the hurdles you're going to go through. Not everybody has an Amy in your life that's that supportive, that's going to do everything that I need done that I don't have time to do or it's not the best use of my time. So having that support group to say, what's the next challenge? How do I handle having an employee and being able to move forward with that? I have my own resources. Um, professionals that I lean on that help me with those kind of questions that I'll ask, the, how did you do it when you first got your your first employee and move forward with that? But if you don't have that support group, a mastermind group, I think is a phenomenal way to, to grow your business and make fewer mistakes.
0: From a tax prep side or staying out of trouble with anybody? Are there any tips when you first start out?
2: Um, do your best to keep track of your expenses. Like we discussed earlier, not co-mingling. Um, you know, invoices fade, take a picture of it with your iPhone and put it into your tax 2020 folder. Ooh, that,
0: I way didn't way it's, think about that it's
2: there, it's in the cloud. I have plenty of clients that share stuff through Dropbox from that standpoint. So you know, you go and have a meal with Trinity and, you know, one of the two of you is paying and has it as a, an expense because you talked about work. Take a picture of it right there. That way you're not then trying to go through your credit card statement to say, what did I eat that Take day?
0: Take a picture. Oh, that's good. So
2: just a quicker way to have it. Uh, to, to be able to document what it is that you spent stuff on um, is crucial. And find a resource for yourself that's going to help you make fewer mistakes, I think, is key like Trinity shared with me offline, how she was in the real estate business and learned a lot about behind the scenes stuff that now what she does is different, but that's gonna be a great value for you as you grow your business to know if you wanna go in that direction or not.
1: Yeah, 100%. Plus I've seen the good, the bad and the ugly. Um, And I think because I saw so many agents that came to us from other firms that were behind in their taxes, And I saw how stressful it was for them and terrifying. So I always looked at it in the, you know, as I want to make sure that that's never me. Sure. And that things are well taken care of and um, that I have a plan in place.
0: Mastermind groups.
1: Oh, guess what? He's good. He's good, isn't he? Guess who has a mastermind group coming up? Mm, Let me think. Anybody we know? (laughs) We have an amazing mastermind group coming up. It starts on September 24th. So if you're interested in that, please go out to our website, com
0: With the number two.
1: With the number two. And we would be more than happy to see you in that group.
0: It is virtual. So you may live anywhere you wish we have listeners all over the world.
1: We would love to have somebody from outside the country as part so of that So here's
0: why. We probably should offer a discount because if we got a client in Europe, then we could promote ourselves as a global coaching business.
2: <laughs> and just think of the expenses you can deduct when you fly over to Europe to see that client.
0: Could you help us with that? Absolutely. Now we're getting to the good stuff.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> can we meet them on a cruise in the Mediterranean? Well, I just I don't see why not. A shareholders meeting, right? Yes. yes. Me and Becky, Trinity, and Scott for Absolutely. shareholders Absolutely. <laughs> Others have done that, haven't they? Absolutely. And that's the IRS says, okay.
2: Well, I think it, we'd have to get a little more into the nitty gritty yeah. with it. And it, a lot of it has to do with the <laughs> level of income and the level of expense. But, um, you know.
1: Nice. So no cruise shop, ship, just a dinghy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, that's what we deserve, the four of us. We're very at home on a dinghy. So, yeah. so go to com. Check out our mastermind group. We're also launching our 100-day starter kit. Preferably for, this is aimed at businesses three years or younger because we just don't know stuff. I mean, we think we do, but it, year two, we got more questions than answers, right?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I know it's, uh, you can learn, doesn't matter the industry, a new business owner, they all go through, I think, very similar challenges when it comes to that.
0: And so. we talked about it on the previous episode. The first thing is who's your ideal client. Yeah. And if you have to say anybody, we're going to talk and we're going to raise our rate if you say anybody, because you can't. Becky told me I needed to soften my, because I told people, quit asking for everybody. She said, can you find a nicer way to say
1: that? You can. But you know what? Sometimes people need that direct slap on the wrist.
0: You couldn't service them. If 500 people called you tomorrow, Chris, you couldn't service them.
2: Yeah, no, it would have to be, you'd have to niche it out to a certain extent. Or otherwise, it's a disservice to yourself and the client. And mm-hmm.
0: your niche is helping people with the IRS. You yeah. are a tax preparer. You can be, you are, you will do it. But your niche is helping people with the IRS.
2: Absolutely. And
0: there's plenty, there's enough business for you, right?
2: Plenty of business. And my, I get most of my clients from CPAs and other tax professionals because that's not how they want to spend their time.
0: No, they'd rather have the stuff buttoned up and just look at it and go, yeah, it looks great, move yeah. it on. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And all, how many different states have you done? Have you represented a client in?
2: Um, more than half, I would say. Wow. And the predominant ones are the ones you would expect, California, <laughs> New York, Illinois, um, the higher taxes there, yeah. probably some higher income levels. Mm. Um, I think a little bit in Florida, just because there's a lot of retirees mm-hmm. down there. Um, from those states. Yeah, from those <laughs> states. Exactly. So just because you're retired and your state doesn't have state income tax doesn't mean you can't have a federal mm. problem. Yep. yep.
0: All right. Well, we enjoyed this very much. And this, like Trinity said earlier, first time we've ever addressed this. So small business owners, if you have issues or think you might have one, go to guardiantaxsolutions.com Let Chris know how you can, how he can help you
1: make sure you mention that you heard about him from us.
0: Yes. And we won't even say you need to give him a 2% discount. <laughs> you can just say thank you. And that's why we have people we know and respect on here on the show. So it's been a blast having you here today. We thank you very much.
1: And we'll see you next time on our Wired to Change podcast.